to Making Our Seniors Matter, the show that gives seniors and their caregivers some great advice, timely information, and some wonderful entertainment. Making Our Seniors Matter is a not-for-profit founded by Glenn Cunningham from Real Estate Design for Seniors and, of course, Elizabeth Cunningham from Age Friendly Business. On today's show, we have some interesting information. Up first, we have Eva and Marion, a couple of legal beagles, shall we say, that are joining us to talk to us about an unfortunate situation, and that is getting divorced when you are a senior. What are the implications? What are the ramifications of doing that later in life? And then I have a wonderful chat with Terry McIntyre from Manulife Securities, who we're going to be talking about what it's like to be an older parent with a child with disabilities and, you know, how you put money aside for them. So stay tuned. Wonderful chat coming up. Do you have an aging parent? Do they want to remain in their home? Since 1994, Retire at Home has been providing the highest quality nurse-managed home care that is personalized to all your needs. Our services extend to workplace and motor vehicle injuries. Your health, your home, your choice. Retire at Home Services. For a free consultation, go to retireathome.com and call your nearest location. that lovely music bringing us back from commercial you are of course listening to making our seniors matter radio heard worldwide and uh, joining me again this morning is elizabeth and margaret good morning again good morning always a pleasure to be with you todd good morning todd how are you today doing well which like well. we were talking before we started the show we need to do this outdoors Ah, tis technology, technology. There's no trees to plug in. There's nothing. We can't do it. <laughs> Free antihistamines for everyone. <laughs> Way to go. Well, listen, we have an extra special day today because two ladies have joined us from the big city and they came all the way out to see us and uh, we're thrilled that they're here and I'd like to introduce them. We have Eva Sachs, who is an experienced divorce financial professional with a Bachelor of Commerce degree at the University of Toronto. Eva is a certified financial planner and a certified divorce financial analyst. And over the last 10 years, she's restricted her practice to divorce consulting work and has developed many of her own custom design tools to make the process of divorce more understandable. This is going to be an interesting show. And along with Eva is Marion Korn, who is a lawyer, mediator, and trainer and restricts her practice to collaborative family law, family mediation, co-mediation and training, locally and abroad. Uh, she is a faculty member in the dispute resolution and mediation programs, as well as continuing ed programs in family dispute resolution. And they've co-founded Mutual Solutions, a unique approach for working with couples. And they've co-authored a book, When Harry Left Sally, which <laughs> rings a bell, I'm sure, Finding Your Way Through the Gray Divorce. 
published in January 2014. Very big welcome to both of you. Thank you for being here. Well, thanks for having us. Thanks for inviting us. You're welcome. It's nice to see you. Yes. And, and I should mention, too, that we are here in Greenway Retirement Village again, and we're just thrilled to be here. They've been excellent hosts, and we're, we're happy to have a lovely room to tape in today. And, of course, the treats that they bring yes, in our green room for our guests, which is lovely. <laughs> uh, so welcome to the show. Um, as Liz said, we're very excited, and I think this is going to be a topic that we don't often hear a lot about, but that happens. And we're we're used to celebrating anniversaries. We get very excited about celebrating anniversaries of people that are married for 50, 60, and 70, and even 80 years. Um, and that's quite an accomplishment to be married that long. However, we're here today to share some statistics, some stories, and some tips about the increase in senior divorce over the last 20 years. So perhaps you can start off uh, with giving us some of those stats and perhaps a framework of why this is happening. Mm. Those are such good questions. What we know statistically, and again, we're a little bit challenged because we're working with the latest census, which is 2011. So giving hard numbers is difficult. What we know is that between um, uh, 19 1985 and 2011, there was a huge increase in the number of divorces uh, among the 50 to 60-year-olds. So in that demographic, the numbers went up from something like 12% to something like 22 or 24%. Wow. Yeah. That's staggering. Yeah, and we're really talking about divorce among baby boomers. Mm -hmm. Correct. Hmm. Now, Eva, I mean, you clearly have a lot of experience in this area, and um, you know, I think that we're going to talk a little bit more. Yeah, uh, go ahead. I, I want to say that like, divorce is hard for most people, um, but with seniors who've been married for such a long time, there must be a lot of difference in how that feels and looks and, and what you see. Can you you can maybe tell us about? the impact of the financial and all of that stuff that goes with having a divorce or looking at a divorce in, in senior years? Well, we know certainly that divorce is a process. It's not a, an event. Certainly family professionals tell us that people contemplate divorce anywhere from three to eight or nine years. And we certainly see that in our practice. They come to the, to the edge of the cliff. This isn't working well. Oh, not quite ready to go past that cliff, so they keep going back and forth. Uh, but we certainly know a, uh, a lot of the trends and the reasons why people are separating at this uh, time in life, even though they've been married for a long time. Anything to do with uh, certainly just the fact that they're boomers, the sense of uh, women's independence mm -hmm. certainly has a huge uh, role to play in all of this. Uh, the advent of the internet, so mm -hmm. people aren't afraid of uh, the thought of being alone if they do divorce at this point in time. That internet dating allows them the opportunities or the thoughts of being able to uh, perhaps move forward with somebody else in their life. It's, it's going to be hard when you think of, of when, when we all grew up, that wasn't ever heard of, but wasn't something that was going to happen. The woman had a role, and, and this has changed so dramatically over time. How do you find that the children of grown-up adults handle that emotional breakup. Do you, do you get involved in that at all? We actually do. Uh, we're surprised by um, how often our clients who are coming in uh, to see us for an initial consultation where we think that the 
best service we can bring to them is financial analysis and to help them plan forward, um, very often we're surprised at uh, their concerns for their adult children. And, uh, they're concerned on a number of levels. First of all, they know that this is going to be kind of cataclysmic emotionally in the family. It's a big change. I think they also worry that kids are going to align mm -hmm. and they want to ensure that that doesn't happen. And then there's a lot of messaging that they want to get out to their kids that it's all going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But really, they don't have the language or the skills to do that. Right. And this is truly a new experience. They haven't done this before. They don't have anything to fall back on to use to, to go forward, right? So you ladies are financial planners, but you obviously help in a much larger and a lawyer, lawyer. And well, a lawyer yes. mediator. Yes. So yeah. we recognize uh, certainly when uh, we're looking at gray divorce that it really is the um, perfect storm, so to speak, of retirement planning, divorce planning, all happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. So uh, they're not happening in a void. People are concerned about what their futures are going to look like in the context of how uh, divorce is supposed to work. And people walk into our offices with, with a lot of ideas, thoughts around the myths of divorce. And we realize at this stage of life, uh, it is different and we have to approach it differently. Mm -hmm. So here on Making Our Seniors Matter, we always look at topics holistically, which is why we love what you're doing, because you are coming from various angles. But we also like things to be very practical and to give tips. Can you speak, either of you or both of you, to, to share with our listeners some tips to help to prepare for an event like this? As you said, there's a period of time where they're contemplating and going to the cliff and looking over and coming back. How can we prepare someone during this process to, to actually take that step and, and do what they need to do? I think that um, uh, from our perspective, uh, although it may not be a joint decision mm -hmm. and one person may be ahead in their thinking that eventually they have to take it on as a joint project and if they don't um, Eva would say it's the same as lighting your RRSPs on fire because mm -hmm. if you uh, decide uh, in your third or fourth decade of marriage that you're going to convert your life savings into a court battle, you're really going to be left with nothing. Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's true. Now, we want, to, we want to hear about your book. You've brought a copy with you today. Can you tell us what you've put together in the book that's helpful? Uh, we wrote the book really for people that are in contemplating divorce. I think mm -hmm. we're, we're in the book. Uh, we uh, talk about a number of different uh, things. I think that uh, we believe that people are going through themselves, are, you know, are contemplating divorce. What are they thinking of? Will they be alone? The thoughts around that. How do they actually approach this? Certainly some uh, ideas and thoughts around uh, starting with the financial piece that they have to start looking. If they haven't had a financial plan, they may need to be pulling that together. Uh, and I think there's some um, elements in the book that talks about life after divorce as well, and some information that uh, through the research that we did in the book that, that uh, explains uh, that as well for, for That's got to be a very scary experience, don't you think, Mark? Oh. Not even knowing how to get through the process, but what's going to happen after that? What's my life going to be like? And, and as you mentioned, Eva, the, how it impacts our entire family and our world. I mean, I, I am a daughter and I'm a mother. And and 
that it really truly impacts the entire family. We always love to hear about the people on the show and how they came. I mean, clearly you're passionate about what you do. How did this book come about? I'm curious. I want to know how the two of you got together and decided. I mean, first of all, I love the title, When Harry Left Sally. Brilliant. Um, but why? Why did you do this? Well, I think that uh, Eva and I have been working together in co-mediation for about eight years and bringing together our skill sets, um, the legal, um, as and, and when I say legal, I really mean that when, I, when we're in mediation, I'm kind of keeping my eye on the community norms and not allowing people to go too far afield. Eva brings her expertise to test out all of the options and, and uh, uh, outcomes that people uh, think might work for them. So as we as we were in our journey together and building our practice, well, we started to see a shift upwards in the age of our clients. Mm -hmm. And then we started to do some research. And what we determined was that there were a couple of big studies out of the US, but nobody had really written anything practical about how <coughs> one might approach a divorce after three or four decades of, of marriage. Mm -hmm. So you're servicing a gap that wasn't there, that was there, and and there wasn't the resources. And this is what we love to do on the show. It's about being a resource, a trusted resource for our listeners uh, to be able to have something that they can put their hands on and really make a difference. It's. Uh, such an important topic and one that it is, um, it's different when, when I first talked to Eva it's like there really is such a thing and, and isn't that interesting how does that all work and I think that's how we all ended up here which was great we're really pleased that you came we um, can you just show uh, the book to everyone? even though we're on radio we're on we radio, always do a video and thank you <laughs> and of course being able to show the this book is a great thing this is this side is when Sally left Harry, <laughs> <laughs> and we cool billing. For oh us. yes, love very it. fair, love very fair. Well, all of the information to contact you will be on our website www.makingourseniorsmatter.com. We hope people will get in touch with you, and it's fair to just call and ask a question if they're concerned or even thinking about not knowing where to go or where to start. Absolutely. And That's if we good. can't help them, we can certainly point them in the direction of, of, you know, they might be looking for different things as well. Thank you. And of course, we'd love to have you back on the show as we move forward. I'm sure we can come up with more specific topics within this very wide range of things that we spoke of today. And we'd love to have you back if you'd like to come. Happy to come to. back. Fabulous. So we've got more coming your way here on Making Our Seniors Matter. Stay tuned. that music again time for another senior scam alert with glenn cunningham and constable yvette logan from the peel regional police service welcome to making our seniors matter scam alerts and i'm here with constable yvette logan of peel regional police good morning yvette good morning great to have you back here again what have you got for us today for keeping our seniors safe well, we're back to talking about computers and emails, because I don't know about you, but I'm getting these ones probably on a daily basis. Um, I think a lot of our kids, I don't want to say seniors, our older adult community is very computer savvy these days, and there are a lot of scams still happening by email. Something you have to understand, especially when you're getting these scams from banks, the first question you have to ask yourself is, did I ever give my bank my email address? And likely you never did. 
And so you have to ask, how are they sending me emails if I never gave them my email address? And even if you're not sure if they did or not, the chances of a bank sending you an email are incredibly slim. So when you're getting these that look like your bank's email, they've got the logos, they've got the manager's names, they've got everything else, more than likely it's a scam. And here's a safety tip. Treat it like a scam first. Call the bank, check things out. If it's not, they'll be more than happy to tell you. But always treat it like a scam and you'll be safe from those emails. Error on the side of caution. Always. There's a lot of them coming through nowadays too. Um, I'm getting them on my home email probably on a daily basis. Um, and the email will simply say, attached is your receipt. Mm, Click yes. here. I get that one all the time. I get all that one all of the time. If you haven't purchased anything, don't open it because once you open that receipt, it could either be spreading a virus in your computer or it could be looking for some other type of identification. So don't click on anything you don't know. Another scam we have coming on is they'll send you uh, emails and then they'll ask you to unsubscribe. Ah, if you well, have that not, sounds innocent enough. It doesn't does. It? If you have not subscribed to something, you don't have to unsubscribe from it. So you have to stop and think about it. If I've subscribed to receiving these emails in the first place, maybe it's flyers, maybe it's from Sears, wherever it's from, that's different. If you haven't and all of a sudden you start getting this stuff and they ask you to click here to unsubscribe, I would think twice about doing that. It could be a scam. One of the nice things about the computers is they can do so much for you and the other side, they can do so much to you. Thanks again for dropping by and being part of uh, Making Our Seniors Matter Scam Alerts. Constable Yvette Logan, Peel Regional Police. If you're a senior who has credit card debt but are worried about losing your home, call Cooper & Company. We have the solution for you. Keep your home, pay your debts. 905-454-4510. That's 905-454-4510. Cooperco.ca. Independence matters. Terry McIntyre is a full-service investment advisor who researches and advises the best products in all markets, then advises which best meets your needs and risk tolerance. We are all individuals and need to be treated as individuals. Investments, income, and estate planning have become very non-personal at the big institutions. You deserve to work with a professional who crafts investments to meet your needs. Terry McIntyre, Investment Advisor, Manulife Securities Incorporated. Call 905-896-9060 or go to terrymcintyre.ca. Welcome back to Making Our Seniors Matter Radio. As someone that is approaching my senior years, I'm only 51, but that qualifies me for a senior's ice cream scoop at some establishments. Really, I can go up and say... I want a senior's cone. Um, I'm also the father of a child with autism. I've begun thinking about his care after I've gone. And two things prompted me to suggest this as a topic for the show. Autism is uh, on the rise. And today people are having children much later in life, which presents some unique challenges. One of those challenges is how I, as a parent of a young child with mental health challenges, prepare for his future after I've gone. And I know many, many friends that are similar situations. So here we are. Since this primarily comes comes down to money, who better to talk about planning and dollars than our own financial guru, Terry McIntyre. And we'll talk about Terry's direct experience with something similar in a few minutes. Thanks for coming in, Terry, and chatting with us. 
Well, yes, thank you actually for having me and I'm very pleased to come and talk about this because you just don't hear enough and you don't know where to get answers these days. No, I mean, there's lots of talk about, you know, planning for my future as a, as a future senior. Where am I going to live? You know, how much money do I need? But again, this is something that's quite unique is that as an older parent with a child with special needs, I need to really think about his future. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people are struggling on a day-to-day basis with their own finances. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But when you've got a special needs child, you really need to learn the skills um, to plan for their future, especially if you're an older parent, when kids these days will live longer without their parents, and some may never be able to earn an income on their own. So... That's why we decided to bring you in. I've got so little knowledge in this area. I'm just going to lob some questions at you and feel free to direct the conversation in any way you think is best. But my first question is, am I correct to assume that most of the money that may be required to care for our children has to be self-funded? Most of it. Doesn't mean all of it. I'll be going through some things. There's two ways to look at it. One is you will can get some money from the government to help fund the child's future. And, of course, there can be some tax breaks to help you now to be able to do it, to put money away for them. But it's there's not a lot of money out there, but there's some a couple of very good plans. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the perceptions is that, that we as a society think that government will take care of all of our needs. And then when we get into a sticky situation, we find, whoops, um, you know, you get one-eighteenth of the money that you thought might be coming to you. Yes, you're right. As, as you know, I've got a disability in my family also, and... Uh, the amount of times I had to reach in my pocket to have tests done and things to get things done on time so that we could go forward uh, shocked me incredibly. It just caught me right off guard. I, I know what you're talking about because, um, and we're not really talking about a two-tier system necessarily, but there are um, government sources of testing and government sources of, um, of labs and things that will get things done at their capacity, and yet if we dig deep into our pockets, we can find someone else that will help us to speed the healing and speed the diagnostic part of it up faster. Isn't that true? You've said it exactly right. This is the Yeah, and, I've, and also, too, for my son, I mean, there have been certain therapies that we've signed up for, and the government says, or the provider says, oh, yeah, you're on the waiting list. It'll be 18 months. And then you turn around and go, 18 months for him to get assessed and then provide some therapies. So we've had to turn around as well and dig deep and, and pay for special therapies. And I would do it again. And I'm sure you would, you're would. you of the same opinion. I would not change anything because you need to act as soon as you can. And that's it with me. We had to, we had to assess the situation in my family. And it was 10 months. And that 10 months, uh, having it was a, a head injury was going to be much too long to assess where our base was to go forward from. So I offered, uh, I asked if I had to go to the States to do it, and he said, well, if you're willing to pay money, it can be done this weekend. Really? Yeah. And I, I was just floored, and my, as angry as I was, I sat right there and wrote a check. And um, But I, I just... And I felt it was a two-tiered at that point. <laughs> I, I don't know any, any other way I can say it. Because, yes, we could have got it eventually, but it was not going to be of use to them 10 months later. 
You know, you're so right. And and I, I don't mean to be bashing the government because, you know, there's so many priorities and, and you know, mental health and, and special needs children are just one of many, many needs and seniors are another that are sometimes woefully underfunded. So I want to shift the conversation and talk about what we as parents can do for our children. What are some of the financial tools that parents or caregivers or guardians can use to start planning for the future? Well, there's a few things. One is... Um the ODSP, as everybody knows it, the Ontario Disability Support Program. And it's very interesting with it because there's there's a income test, there's an asset test to how much you're worth in these things. Um, but a lot of it, when the child's under age 18, it's the family. When they get 18 and over, they still call it the family. And a lot of people don't know that a child with this that's disabled in 18 he is his own or she is her own family. So if they're making no income, the measurements have changed dramatically, dramatically, sorry, at that point. And you can all of a sudden start seeing things, and they do put a, a decent amount of money out. They do have a great benefits program that uh, goes with it for you know uh, dental and hearing and, and all these things. So it, it's, um, and drugs. And it, it, it pays for a lot of it, but you've got to stay on the right side of it because they don't want that child to be sitting with a lot of income or sitting on a lot of money and they're supporting. Mm. And um, that's a bit of where I come in. So um, let me just interrupt you for one quick second, because I want to just you said something very critical. When a person becomes 18, they become their own family. Does that mean that some of the financial liabilities shift from the parents to maybe a government? Um, or, yes. or themselves? Just to themselves. So where uh, f- and so and so, you know, there's there's things there. Um as family, it's always tough because you know, I know you, Todd, you and I aren't walking away. Mine, mine is well over 18, and so and you did, I didn't walk away. But once the disability is in there, the calculations to get ODSP is not on my income and my wife's income. It's on his income. That's what I sort of meant, but yeah. didn't say it very... The, yeah, okay, that's it. So, yeah, the government does step in at this point. Good, because I mean, you know, I don't make a lot of money and some people make a lot more money. But then again, it, it, it unfairly uh, sometimes categorizes people and removes some of the support structures for uh, for people. And when they're judged on their own, then they can perhaps get some of these therapies and some support faster. Absolutely. Um, and once you're approved to be disabled, as, as I say, you know, there's a lot of other things. You've got the disability tax um, rebate that you can get. You can get money back for meds that have been done and different things. So you can get tax breaks on the way through, too. And, and some of those can go back to the parent. And we'd be here all day just listing them because it's quite a list, but it is online. Right. But, you know, so one part sends you money and other parts lets you save a little money. Um, and, and, of course, that's the part we're talking about is for now. Yeah. And then the other part you were asking about is, well, what about when I'm gone? What's there for my child? And, of course, that's the biggest fear I have. Um, and one of our um, ministers of finance had a dis- disabled child. And... Nothing better than a government worker yeah. um, that has the problem. And he, he said, I'm going to solve it. And he didn't do a bad job. 
Um, he's come up with uh, an RDSP, which is a Registered Disability Savings Plan. And there's a lot of rules to it, but the main rule is, if you remember, it's for your child's future after age 50 or 60. Mm. Okay? And, and really what it does is there's a, there's a few very sharp grants that go into it. And really what you're looking at is if you're putting in $1,500 into a registered disability savings plan, uh, you can have grants as high as $3,500 to match it. Great. And again, it's, it's income-based calculations, so it's all in that. So now you're 1500 you know, it's 5000 And if you're making not enough money, there's also disability savings bonds that will add another 1000 every year. So you're putting in $1,500, and 6000 is getting invested if you're making the right amounts. And, and the number is quite high for the first part. The second one, you have to make hardly anything, but you're now measuring on the child. So you so put you're, a lot in there. You're leveraging what you're able to put in and maximizing it through other matching contribution, which which is going to increase what's in there uh, dramatically. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you start adding it up, now there's a lot of rules. Um, if you do it every year, it works well. If you put, say, a $10,000 lump in, well, you only get it for one year. So you want to spread that over a bunch of years. And, and then you've got to look at where is the money, like let's say someone passed away and left uh, money to your son Todd and he gets on ODSP. You want to make sure that that money isn't going to stop his ODSP until it's used up. Mm. And so there's ways to do it. Now the person has passed on, so putting it in a Henson Trust would be a way to go to start. And a Henson Trust is uh, just a regular trust for people. But a gentleman named Henson took on the government and won. And it's good in most provinces. They haven't all gone yes but on it. But what it is is any assets in there don't count towards the test of the assets for the child. And any money in the RDSP doesn't count towards the test of the assets. So if you put the 10000 into a Henson Trust, and take $1,500 out a year and put it into the RDSP, you've protected it from cutting into the income, and every year you get a bonus against it. That's the biggest fear, too, is, you know, like you said, you get the child comes into some money and it lowers what they're, you know, what they're scheduled to get from their normal sources, and it's kind of a balancing act. Oh, it really is, and, and then there's a lot of rules to it as to taking money out, not taking money out. The RDSP specifically is there for the, basically the retirement of the child down the road. So if you've had these bonuses every year coming to you or, or grants coming in, you have to wait 10 years before you take money out. So they'll, this runs to age 49, and at age 49, no more of those come. So at age 50, or I mean 60, you could start taking money out. And the thing is, if you did it earlier, um, the example I always use is if uh, a person was disabled but could drive, wanted $10,000 for a car, and they took $10,000 out, they would lose $30,000 worth of grants would be taken back out because the government put it in place for the future, not for now. Right. And so they set it up that way. So now if you were going to do something like that, you would, would have wished the money was in a Henson Trust. But quite frankly, you're only giving back the bonus. 
Yeah. But so you've got a balancing act, like you say, and you can only put in up to 200,000 in a lifetime. And I'm, I shouldn't say only, it's got a maximum of, and yep. there's a lot of rules as to how much they will match to and that sort of thing. And we could be here all day going through all that. You know, I was just going to say, it sounds like we need a second show or segment with you at some point, because we've just barely scraped the surface on some of these things. And I'd, I'd like to remind the listeners that we're talking from an Ontario point of view, first of all. So um, you'd need to seek somebody in your province or your, your you know, state or territory to figure out what applies uh, with you. Who's the best person to talk to in Ontario? Actually, is probably in Brampton or Mississauga or anywhere in Ontario would be Terry McIntyre. So how do they get the process started? Does it start with a phone call to you? That's all it really is, is a phone call to me. Um, I have a lot of resources on it. I, I know I sent some to you this week, Todd, and I... I guarantee you didn't have time to read it all. Um, it's overwhelming. And then what we have also is um, uh, trust in a, in a state and departments of us and of mutual fund companies. And some of them actually really specialize in this area. I had a very unusual situation. I gave this trust company a call. And man, they had an answer to me because they've got a person that's all they do day in and day out. I had it solved in minutes. And I had no idea where I was going with that. Hmm. And, um, you know, and, and, and the family just looked at me and said, I can't believe this could work, you know. Uh, you know tell you the truth, I'm doing two right now. It's one of those things. When you're known for doing it, more come. Yeah, Most exactly. Of, a, lot of, a lot of advisors might have one or not. And I would say in closing that we cannot do this alone. We really need somebody in our corner that's going to support us and direct us and guide us because, I mean, you sent the information. I had a look at it. And I thought, I can't do this on my own. I need someone to, to walk me through it. So I want to thank Terry McIntyre from Manulife Financial for coming in and, and giving this wonderful information. And as Terry and I said, <laughs> we just scratched the surface, so we're definitely going to need Terry to come back. Are you willing to come back and spend more time? Always. Anything that gets information out there that's going to help people, that's what you have to do this. Well, we sincerely appreciate it. Stay tuned. More Making Our Seniors Matter radio right around the corner. My sincere thanks to Terry McIntyre for making it into the studio this morning uh, when we taped that segment to talk about um, the financial implications of someone like me who's an older parent who has a child that is struggling with some physical or emotional disabilities and um, just how we can ensure and work towards putting enough money aside and putting a plan in place for them to make sure that they have a wonderful life, um, especially after we've gone and we're not around to look after them. But because we ran out of time, we're going to have a second segment, and that is next week on Making Our Seniors Matter. So tune in for part two. And our thanks to Eva and Marion for dropping by and giving us some, some timely information on the legalities of senior divorce. You can tune in to Making Our Seniors Matter each Monday at 2 p.m. and 8 p.m. But if you miss it, you can find it on demand 
demand or podcast the following day, and it can be played on any device. If you'd like to comment on something you've heard, you have a program suggestion, if you'd like to make a song request, or you have someone that you think would make a great person to feature on our Shining Senior Moment, call us at 1-866-269-6155, extension 3, 1-866-269-6155, extension 3. Making Our Seniors Matter is produced for WOW Radio by Listen Up Talk Radio. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you.